Good morning. Good morning. Well, welcome to Resurrection Church. How's everyone doing? Fantastic worship as usual. All right. It's good seeing everyone here. Hey, one thing I hello. I suddenly I got loud there. One thing I failed to mention is if you guys want to be, if anyone wants to be a part of, I'll wait for a second. Should I turn it off? All right. If anyone wants to be a part of our, our prayer team, uh, there's a, uh, you can just send me a text or a message or email, uh, and I'll add you to the list. And as prayer requests come in, we send them out via text and some by email. Uh, text the word prayer team, all one word, prayer team, to the number above, 833-417-077. That will uh, add you to the list. So, What's that? Keep it up for a minute. You can uh, text it there, and uh, as people submit prayer requests or those needs, then it's our, our little prayer group, and uh, we are praying church. So, you guys got it? Take a screenshot. No, that's not my number. That's that's part of the, that's one of the church's numbers. So, all right. It's our. It's one of our church's numbers. All right, how's everyone doing? Good. Good. All right. You guys surviving? The, how many guys got rain last night? Like a little bit. It got really windy and dusty, and then a little bit like barely enough. You know, that was it. That's it. Come on. Yeah, we desperately. Uh, need the rain. When I first moved to Arizona, I moved from Buffalo, New York, where it rains a lot, and snows a lot, and it's cold. My first day of school was 112 degrees, and, uh, and it's very green over there, up in Buffalo, and I was a junior in high school, and one day, it rained. I was, I'm in class, it rained, and everyone gets out of the seats and goes to the window to watch it rain. <laughs> like, what, what, what's this rain? What do I? Of course, after living here for a few years, we come to appreciate <laughs> we're outside and celebrate you know <laughs> god has heard our prayers you know it's raining you know and, and so uh, we really appreciate the rain especially at this time here because it's really really hot and so pray that you guys have a cool summer all right so we're in hebrews hebrews chapter three we're in chapter three already yay <laughs> um hebrews is Chapter 3, chapter 3. Hebrews. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. Could be, we don't know, but God knows who wrote Hebrews. The author is, we don't know who the author is, but there's some speculations. It's probably not Paul because the Greek is very different, and it's like a, a higher level of Greek, and it's a different level. And perhaps it's Barnabas, perhaps it's Apollos. Some people think it could be Priscilla, you know. We don't know. But whoever it is, is. He's, he or she is arguing. Um, he is, uh, they, are, they are talking to Jewish believers who are thinking about going back to Judaism or, or attempting to leave Jesus because life's been getting really, really hard and things haven't played out the way they thought it would, you know, when, you, when they follow Christ. And so they're thinking about, is this really where we want to go? Do we want to leave Jesus, go back? And so the whole book is, a, is an exhortation to say, no, 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 no. No, no, you don't want you don't, it, no, the, Christ is the, is the direction. And what you're going through is, 
is, is part of the Christian life, you know, and a lot of us, all of us at, at some point have been discouraged. How many of you have been discouraged in your faith? You know, that happens, you know. Um, it's part of the reason later on in the book he says, you know, inc- you know, like don't neglect meeting together, not because you're going to hell because you don't go to church. It just means that you need the encouragement, right, of fellow believers. Somebody to pray with you, encourage you, and to say, hey, keep going, you know. Um, that's vital. You know, we're a body, um, and so he is, he is, in the letter, he is sort of like saying, Jesus is better than, he is supreme, right? And, the, and we've, we've talked about Jesus, of course, he starts off the letter by saying, hey, God spoke through all the prophets in the Old Testament, but his final word is through Christ. You know, in these last, uh, he spoke long ago to the fathers in many portions and many ways, but in these last days, he spoke through his son, right? All the prophets point forward to Christ. Old Testament points forward to Christ, you know. And, and then, in those days, they venerated angels, angels, hey, because they were part of the ones who brought the law. They, were, they spoke, and they, or they, they helped bring the law to Moses. And well, he says Jesus is better than the angels, right? Well, then now he's going he's gonna to now bring up Moses. Now, in the Old Testament, if you talk to a Jewish person, who is like the person in the Old Testament is that Moses or is Abraham or is it David? It would be Moses. Moses was like the pinnacle of pinnacle of people that they looked to, right? Um, even today, you know. I mean, we read the Old Testament, the first five books are called the Pentateuch or the, the Law of Moses, the Book of Moses it's called. Moses wrote Genesis through Deuteronomy. So Moses was this huge figure. In fact, something that Moses was better than the angels himself. So now, now the writer has to say, hey, to convince you even more, y'all think about Moses, y'all think about the Old Testament law and how life was predictable and controllable through the law and things like that. Now let's look at Moses. And I love what he does. He doesn't say, now Moses was nobody. No, actually he says, no, Moses is a great guy. Moses actually had something to add, but Moses himself is also going to tell you, follow Jesus. You know? So we're going to look at the first six verses in chapter 3 because the rest of the chapter is based on what he says in the first six uh, verses, okay? So let's look at, and I'm going to sort of, um, well, you'll see, we'll see. So chapter 3, therefore, holy brothers, partakers, I'm just going to read the first six verses and go back and we'll explain and get through the the rest of the day. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was in all his house, for he has been counted worthy more, more, uh, worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as the builder of the house has more honor than the house." For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken of later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope. So he brings up Moses, which is... He's brilliant because he's going to bring up, like I said, the pinnacle of their idea of who to follow. If it's not Christ, they're going to go back to Moses. Well, Moses is, is profoundly uh, 
uh, high in their thoughts. But look where he, he starts here, first of all, therefore. That was therefore. Therefore, you know, it's like something you could, No, therefore is there because of something happened before, right? So let's look before. In fact, there's a bunch of therefores going on in a row. Verse, look at verse uh, 17 of chapter 2. Therefore, he, Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in all things so he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Stop right there. That word faithful there, he's going to elaborate that in chapter 3 to, to part of chapter 4. He's going to elaborate on the faithfulness of Jesus as the high priest, right? And in fact, he's not only faithful in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, but he's also faithful or merciful, verse 18, uh, in the sense that when he is tempted, he suffered and is able to come to the help of those who are tempted. Because Jesus, as a man, experienced temptation, he can help you out. Because he's the high priest, he can represent God. Therefore, he goes out into chapter 3, holy brothers, let's consider Jesus. His whole point is let's consider Jesus. Therefore, holy brothers, let me stop right there. Holy brothers, which are called saints. The saints, right? We're all saints. Holy, hagias, uh, which means set apart. Or Paul says saints, right? You guys are all saints. Saint Sharon, Saint Pedro, Saint everyone else. You don't have to go through all the processes like the Catholic Church says to become a saint. If you're a believer in Christ, you have been set apart and you are a saint. Because you've been set apart by Christ. Paul writes to the Corinthians. He calls them saints. And the Corinthian church was a messed up church. Some guy is sleeping with his stepmom. That's, so they're saints, they're, but they're still being sanctified, aren't they? But then he says, let me draw your attention. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling, of a heavenly calling. In other words, we are called not just to earthly things, but to heavenly things. I think sometimes as believers, we tend to get focused so much on earthly things, don't we? Set your mind on things above, right? Jesus tells us, hey, you know, lay up treasures in heaven. We have to live our lives with the eternal perspective. Because that short little 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe some people live to 100, you know, and then you're pushing it, it's gone like here, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> in my heart, right? <laughs> we, 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 uh, we were walking to a restaurant and there's some, where's the restaurant or something yesterday and there's a couple holding this newborn that's like seven or eight months old and we're like, she's going to be 21 before you know it. Life just goes by, you know? We have a heavenly calling. You know, Paul says, I press on to the upward call, right? As we are, we are, we are sojourners, we're aliens on this earth. And the things we do on this earth are preparation for things going on. We have a heavenly calling. Amen? Think it, start thinking in that perspective, in those perspectives. We are preparing for heaven. We are, we are doing the, God's kingdom work on earth with a heavenly perspective and a heavenly impact. We're called the holiness. We're called the heavenly things. We have heavenly calling. That's why he says, be holy in all behavior, right? We have a heavenly homeland, as he's going to say later on in Hebrews chapter 11. Anyway, so, therefore, holy brothers, partakers of heavenly calling, consider Jesus. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Now, we're going to camp out on two 
areas that we're considered. One is the faithfulness of Christ and one is the glory of Christ, okay? That's, that's what I'm going to camp out on, those two ideas, okay? But he says consider. What does that mean? It doesn't mean like to give a choice between one another. Consider means to give careful thought of. To really, you're thinking about leaving? Look at Jesus again. You're thinking about bailing? Consider Christ. Give him deep thought. The word consider there is kata noeo. It is, it's used in, um, like, um, in Luke where he says, consider the lilies of the field, you know, or consider the ravens. You know, God provides for them both, right? Give thought to that or contemplate deeply. He'll use the same word later on in Hebrews 10 where he says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to good deeds, you know, and faithfulness, to love and good deeds, rather. So he says, consider who? The apostle. What's apostle? That means a messenger. The apostles were sent by Christ. Jesus is sent by God. An apostle was a representative who could speak on behalf of the person they've represented. Jesus comes from God. He's sent from God as his apostle. In fact, this is the only time he's called an apostle. But he is sent from God. There's multiple verses we can look at of, as Jesus being but he is sent by God to do God's work, right? He is one who, uh, as Jesus says that he prays in John 17, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. He's our, he is a messenger from God. So look at Jesus, consider Jesus, the apostle who's a messenger, who speaks to us from God, Jesus, and he's also high priest. He he, he represents us before God. I'm not going to dig too much in the high priestly part because much of the letter of Hebrews uh, is devoted to the high priestly function. But he says, consider the high priest and, uh, uh, of our confession, Jesus. When you think about leaving, go back to Jesus. Some people want to leave the faith because of Christians. Don't leave Christ because of Christians. Consider Christ. We're gonna, I'm sorry, but I'm going to let people down. I don't want to let people down. I don't want to leave people astray. But some people leave Christ because of Christians. And he says, no, 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 no. Look to Christ. I'm, I'm imperfect in my walk. I'll mess up in my walk. And I hope I never leave, any, leave anyone astray or lead anyone. And I, and I take this seriously, but look to Christ. Follow Jesus. Don't follow Christians. Follow Jesus. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? We, we still are to be an example. What, two things we're going to consider of Christ. First of all, his faithfulness. Look at, consider Jesus who was faithful to him who appointed him. Jesus Christ is faithful to him who appointed him. It means he's, it's the word pistis. It means to be reliable, to be trustworthy. He is faithful, trustworthy, um, Jesus does everything that the Father has him do. Like, I'll go to John, 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 John 6. Go to chapter 6 of John. I'm just going to look at a couple verses real fast, real fast. Okay? John 6. I'm just going to read like a couple, we're just going to, four or five verses from different chapters. So just get your fingers ready, you know. What was that? The you remember the yellow pages? Let your fingers do the walking. You know, what is? 
young people, the yellow pages were what our phone books before we had the internet, you know. (laughs) The yellow pages. Like in chapter 6, like in verse 38, what does he say? For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus is faithful to do God's will. Look at chapter 7, verse 18 of John 7, 18. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true and there is no unrighteousness in him. He's speaking of himself. He is faithful and true to the message that God has sent him to to proclaim. Go to chapter 8, verse 29. Again, Jesus is faithful in verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. He is faithful to God. He is trustworthy. Look at chapter 15. Go to chapter 15 of John. I'm just, like I said, I'm just a bunch of verses. Good verses. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I've been faithful to keep his commandments. Jesus Christ is faithful to the work of God, to the word of God. Jesus, who is faithful to him who appointed him. Go back to Hebrews. Now notice what the writer does here. He says, let's consider Jesus and let's consider his faithfulness. He's faithful in everything he's been given to. But he doesn't say, now Moses on your hand is not. No, actually he says, no, Moses was faithful too. So don't just discount Moses. Some people just want to discount the whole Old Testament, right? And it's like, like, wait, that's still part of the story, right? There's much to learn from the Old Testament. There's much to, there's much to glean, Moses himself is also an example of faithfulness, he says. Moses was also trustworthy. In fact, he is, it says, just as Moses, verse 2, was in all his house. Moses was faithful in his house. Now, here's the thing about Moses. Well, go to Numbers chapter 12. Go to Numbers chapter 12, and I'll show you something here, okay? Here's Moses, who has... Uh, Numbers 12, Moses is faithful. Now, Moses did not apply for this job, did he? Remember, God calls him. (laughs) You talking to me, Lord? (laughs) I want you to go and speak to the people. Go to Pharaoh. I can't talk? Who am I? I'm, I'm a shepherd, right? Moses is 80 years old at this point. But Moses is, is, is at the place where he's most right. Sometimes God has to allow you to go through things and, and the whole seasoning thing, the maturing thing, the point where Moses, where you and I can be most ready for God, doesn't happen overnight. It happens over God's working on it. But Moses is, is lead the people out of, out of Egypt. He stutters. He has, he's, not, he's not the guy that you would choose to lead a people out. He's not the tall, dark, and handsome, full of confidence guy that all of us would choose to lead us. God chose none of those people. So those of us who are not tall, dark, and handsome and not confident can say, thank you, Lord. 
Because if it depended on your confidence, we're in big trouble. If it depended on your gifting, we're in trouble. If we're dependent on your intellect, we're in trouble. And everything about serving God is about faithfulness. Faithfulness. I used to think I had to be able to sing to be a pastor. Why? Because my best friends are all... Three of my good friends who are pastors all can sing like nobody's business. And I'm like, I can't hold the tune. My dog howls at me if I start singing. She goes, be quiet, please. Please be quiet. Don't sing. You know? When your dog howls when you sing, you're... <laughs> she's hearing things that are in different decibel, you know, whatever the tones that I can't pick, pick up. The torture her. She goes, don't torture me anymore. But Hebrews, or Hebrews, Numbers 12, here's an example of Moses and his character and faithfulness. Watch this. Moses marries, uh, well, look at verse 1. Uh, chapter 12 of Numbers, verse 1. Then Miriam, Moses' sister, and Aaron, his brother, spoke against Moses because, he had, because of the Cushite woman that he had taken his wife, or he had taken a Cushite woman. And they didn't like that. And they said, well, has Yahweh indeed, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? They didn't like what he did, and they were like, let's take over. Get out of the way, Mo. You just showed that you're not qualified to do this job. Right? Older sister's going to take over, right? Miriam's going to take over. Move aside, Mo. Has he not spoken through us as well? And Yahweh, God heard it. (laughs) Now look what it says. Verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble. I imagine that he probably just, he probably just, he's the guy that you forget's even there. How many guys are like that? You feel like the person that is not even, you're just kind of just not even there, but God sees you, right? You don't stand out in a crowd, you're not the most eloquent or the most advanced, but, but God sees you. And your effectiveness in life and ministry in Christian walk has nothing to do with, with any of that. It's about what God does through you. Amen? Moses was more humble than anyone, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Moses wasn't always like that. That was a work of God, producing that humility, allowing Moses to fail, allowing Moses to, to shepherd sheep for a while, allowed Moses to... to um, with his life and faithfulness to the Lord. Suddenly, Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron to Miriam, you three, come out of the tent. Like, you, you guys, come here, right? Like, Dad. <laughs> you three, out, right here. Then Yahweh came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the de- doorway of the tent, and he called the Aaron and Miriam, and then they came forward, and he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak to, with him in a dream. Your prophets, they get to see visions and dreams. Not so with my servant Moses. What does it say? He is faithful in all my household. Jesus is faithful. Moses was faithful. With him I speak mouth to mouth, indeed, clearly and not in riddles and he beholds the form of Yahweh why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses Moses hears from me clearly he sees my form he speaks to me face to face and he's humble 
He doesn't go out and brag about all this stuff. He is faithful in all my household. Look what it says back in Hebrews. In fact, look at verse 5. Hebrews 3, 5. Go back to Hebrews. You guys there? While you're turning back there, I'm going to get a drink of water. Look at Hebrews 3, 5. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. That's a quote from the, the verse we just read. Numbers 12, um, Numbers 12, uh, was it 6? 7, right? So the, so the writer's like, Jesus is faithful, Moses was faithful. Now Moses was faithful in the things that God gave him to do. He does God's will. He speaks for God, right? Um, Moses uh, is faithful, but Christ is even more faithful. Let me point something out to you, God. Can I, can I, can I give you some, some insights about faithfulness? Let me just read, let me point something, watch this. Because look what he says in verse 5. Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant, but Christ was faithful as a son over his house, right? I'm going to give you five observations about faithfulness, okay? Five observations. It's not the end of the sermon, but it's five observations, (laughs) you know? First of all, faithfulness can be difficult, can it? Here's Moses who is... One guy leading the tribes of Israel in the desert. At this point in Numbers, um, um, they are, they are, they're, they've come out of Egypt and they're getting to, this, to the border of the land and then at some point they get, they get turned away because of the spies giving a bad report. He had difficulties in, in, in being faithful because people were, even his own brother and sister were against him, saying, Moses, you're, you're in the wrong here, Right? faithfulness to God is not always easy, is it? I mean, it's something that's worthwhile, but oftentimes the more you want to be faithful, the more people will try to pull you in the different direction. In fact, the closer, I found this, if there's a calling in your life, if there's something that God has led you or called you to do, the closer you are in trying to pursue that, the harder it is and more the testing will come to turn you away from that. Here's a example. Jesus, he lives three or three and a half years of ministry. But at some point, it says he sets his face towards Jerusalem and his, he is, he, the cross is in his horizon, right? As he gets closer, his own disciple Peter says, you're not, you're not going to go to the cross. For, forbid that, Lord, that you would go to the cross. That's the ultimate thing he's called to is the cross. And here is one of his closest disciples and friends saying, no, nah, you shouldn't do that, Lord. You should not do that. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. See, it seems like the closer you get to what God wants you to do, the more challenging it is. People you love and respect will say, no, you should give up, you should turn aside, not do this. But Christ calls us to faithfulness, right? And faithfulness is not always easy. It gets harder and harder as you pursue the things of God. But consider Jesus, who though got hard, did not turn aside, Right? Even to the point where on the on on his his uh, the night he's betrayed and he's praying he's, he's he's bleeding drops of blood, it gets gets to be real right. Faithfulness, look to Christ. So faithfulness can be difficult. That's the first observation, especially when you are uh, being opposed, especially when things go, aren't going your way. Sometimes things get hard, and like Lord, did you actually call me to this? Did you actually tell me to do this? Because it's getting hard. Consider Jesus, his faithfulness. 
It's also not easy when you're alone. How many of you guys feel, sometimes you feel alone in that thing that God has called you to do? Moses is by himself. And at some point, the grumbling gets so bad that it's like he has to fall on his face. If you read the book of Moses, various times, he's all alone in this. But God is on his side. And sometimes it's a lonely thing being failed, because you know what God has called you to do. And you focus and consider Jesus. It can be difficult and not easy when you're doing it alone or when you're being opposed. But look at this. Second observation is this, that faithfulness is ultimately to a person. Look what it says in verse 2. That Jesus, who was faithful to him, to God. Ultimately, faithfulness is to a person, to God. Not to a movement, not to a church, not to a political party. It's to God. Moses himself demonstrates that faithfulness, as, as, uh, as we just read. To God, to not turn aside. Jesus Christ is faithful to God. God calls us to be faithful to Him. When things are going rough, look to Jesus. Consider Him who was faithful to the one who called Him. That means you have to not care what people think. That means you have to put their opinions of you down here versus God's opinion of you. Am I preaching to anyone? Yes, the whole people. I don't know about you, but I, I tend to care what people think about me. <laughs> I want to be liked. Right? That's why I post things that I want people to like. I want people to applaud. You know, it's, it's human nature, isn't it? Right? But ultimately, your devotion and faithfulness is to God. What you do is before God. Not for their applause. There are things that you will do that people will never see, but God sees it. People will never appreciate, but God appreciates it. In fact, I imagine that when we get to heaven, he'll point out those things that we did or th- that no one else saw or considered. But he says, I saw that. Here's a woman who gives everything she has. Everyone else is noticing all the givers coming up in front and pouring out all their money you know, into the treasury box. No one sees the widow but Jesus. You see that woman? I see her. She doesn't find out probably to heaven that Jesus had her eyes, his eyes on her. And she gives everything she had. And that was more impressive. And that was in private. That was something that she, no one, she didn't say, hey guys, this is all I have. She just kind of just did this, walked away. He goes, hey guys, you see that? I see that. Your faithfulness is to God. And God sees that. Even when no one else says, I see what you're doing. God says, I see what you're doing. Your faithfulness to your family, your faithfulness to your husband, your faithfulness to to the things of the Lord, God sees that. The little things, he sees that. It doesn't get Facebook or YouTube recognition. Who cares? God's the only like you care about, right? He sees that. Third observation about faithfulness. Faithfulness to the Lord does not depend on the level of, or size of your house. Watch this. Look at this. Moses, look at verse, that um, Moses was faithful in all his house, just as Christ was, verse 6, was faithful in all over his house. Now let's compare it to Moses' house, children of Israel, 
Christ's house, the church. Now, comparatively so, the children of Israel are a lot smaller, isn't it? The size of the house does not, uh, the faithfulness to the Lord doesn't depend on the size of the house. Does that make sense? In other words, God calls us to be faithful when the house is small and insignificant to the human eye. God says, I didn't choose you Israelites because you guys were the greatest and biggest and most spectacular people. I chose you because you guys are small. Even today, Jewish people are, are relatively small as a people. But the fact that God chose them, not because of their size, significance because God decided to choose them. When their house is small, Moses is faithful. Faithfulness to the Lord does not depend on the size of the house. In other words, when the house is small, faithfulness still ought to be. When you serve the Lord, it's whether there's surrounding, if no one's with you, or there's 25 people with you, or if there's 1,000 people with you, or 10,000 people, your faithfulness would not diminish. It does not depend on the size of the house. Moses was faithful when the house is small, just as Christ is faithful in his house. Does that make sense? Which means that, let's bring this down to the church level here, when the house is small, we're a small house. Faithfulness is just as important. You don't say, well, I'm going to be faithful when we get to a certain size. No, because your service, your faithfulness is to what? It's to God. Whether we have 25 people or 2,500 people, faithfulness is to God, and it does not depend on the size of the house. Whether it's small and insignificant or great and very significant, faithfulness is still the same, because faithfulness reveals your character more than anything else. And because faithfulness is to a person, he's the only one who, who matters in this. Christ is faithful to the church, He's also faithful in the smallest things. Number four, fourth observation. Faithfulness to the Lord does not depend on the significance of your position. Whether you're a son or a servant. Look at this. Verse verse five. Moses was faithful in all his house as a what? As a servant. But the son, or Jesus Christ, was faithful as a son of as a son, he's over, over his. So, so Moses is faithful as a servant. Jesus is faithful as a son. Now, this is what got me as I was reading this. I was thinking about this. So, yeah, okay, it's obvious. G, uh, Moses is a servant. He's serving the Lord, right? So he's faithful because he's supposed to. But what gets me is that Jesus Christ, though he's the son, he's also faithful as well. Which means that sometimes people think, if I move up in the ranks, I won't have to be faithful because I'm now I'm in a different position. No, actually, the faithfulness is just as important at that position as in that position. Which is why when Jesus takes the towel and girds himself in and gets the basin of water and washes his disciples' feet, he demonstrates the fact that faithfulness goes from the top down. That servanthood is in all levels of the kingdom. That he didn't graduate, you don't graduate from servanthood to non-servanthood. That God's very own nature is one of a servant. Now, that blows my mind. But he demonstrates that for us. Many times in a corporate world, you think you work to a certain level and then you can just 
you know, not have to serve. But the point is, the, the level position, somebody who's sweeping the floors is faithful, and somebody who's doing the higher level stuff is still faithful as well. It's all the same. The level of position should not diminish the level of faithfulness. Though Christ was the leader over his house as a son, he was still faithful. In fact, the higher our position, the more important our faithfulness. Number five, fifth fifth observation about faithfulness is the nature of the house should not affect the level of faithfulness. What am I saying about this? Moses' house was an earthly house. Jesus' house is a heavenly house, right? Some people say, well, that's not church work. That's not spiritual because it's, it's earthly. It's everyday stuff. Faithfulness to the Lord happens every day in your work, in your home life. In, the, in your everyday, it's not because it has a church endorsement behind it, is it now, now I'm on, right? Right? It doesn't need that. Faithfulness is wherever you go. In your work, you approach it because you're being faithful to him in your work. In your home life, your family life, you're being faithful to him. And that's not church work or ministry work. Ministry is happening in earthly ways, right? Does that make sense? Moses is faithful over earthly house. Jesus faithful over heavenly house. Now let me ask you this. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Say, am I faithful? Am I faithful? Am I faithful to God, to a person? Do I want his recognition or am I, or am I faithful to people and wanting their applaud and recognition? Who am, I, who am I faithful to? Who do I want to see what I do? Jesus is faithful to him who appointed him, to God. Am I faithful in his house, even if it's a low position? Am I still faithful? It's the faithfulness of Christ to do everything the Father set him out to do is why we're here. He's faithful to to speak the things of God, to do the things of God, and faithful even to go to the cross for us. And it was his faithfulness that signed the whole deal. And we follow him as Christians, as fellow servants, with towel in hand, to serve as he served. That's not only earthly, that's very heavenly as well. So it's not about you serving the man, it's you serving Christ. In devotion, in sincerity. And Jesus' faithfulness, of course, as, as Moses' and faithfulness was important, Jesus Christ's faithfulness was all the more important because of the fact that it had heavenly ramifications. He was faithful even to death on a cross. And one encouraging thing is this, that Jesus Christ is not only faithful to the Father's work, he's faithful to you as your Lord and Savior. When everyone else wants to be against you or leave you, forsake you, neglect you, give up on you, Jesus Christ says, 
I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I know what it's like to be rejected. I know what it's like to be left alone. I know what it's like to be opposed. I know what it's like to be misunderstood. You fill in the blank, and Jesus says, I am not going anywhere. I got the marks to prove it. I mean business. How, how can I leave you? Your, hand is, your name is written on my hand, he says to Isaiah. And sometimes you, you and I think, I, I know I think this sometimes, Lord, how could you be so faithful to me? I'm such a, I'm a creep, I'm a jerk, I'm a, I'm, you know, whatever, you know? And God says, my faithfulness is not because of your attractiveness, or of your, you're attractive, fine. Yeah, of your, yeah, of your, yeah, I should point to an empty chair when I say that. <laughs> my faithfulness is not dependent on your faithfulness. My faithfulness, Jesus says, is because that's who I am. God says he's going to do something, he will do it, and he won't neglect you in the pursuit of it. Even when you feel like, sometimes you'll want to test God in those things. You'll say, God, but come on, you know, because everyone else will just say, no, forget about it. But Jesus Christ is faithful. And for some of us, you look at Moses' life, at age 40, he knew he was going to be used by God to set his, his brothers and sisters free, but he went about it the wrong way, right? So he killed somebody and said, hey guys, I'm here to help you out. I'm here to deliver. It's like Luke Skywalker. I'm here to set you free, Princess Leia, you know? But that wasn't the way of God. He had to live another 40 years shepherding sheep, being forgotten, until the time when God says, now you're ready. And I'm going to use you, Mo. I'm going to call you, and I'm going to be faithful to you. I will be with you. And some of us, God has walked with for years, walking us through stuff. Walking us, maturing us, purifying us, doing kind of doing some household cleaning and just and bring us to more and more points of or understanding his ways. And sometimes you think, well, I think God's forgetting about that 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 dream he's giving or that desire, because nothing's happened. He's Wait on his timing. Be faithful to him. He's being faithful to you. He's, we've, we've got a faithful God, don't we? I said it were going to be two, two points I wanted to observe, but I took up too much time on faithfulness too. We'll go to the next point next week, you know. But Jesus Christ is faithful. He's faithful. Will you follow him in that faithfulness? Whether it's earthly or heavenly, whether it's small or large, whether it's significant or insignificant in your eyes, whether it gets applause or no one sees but God, will you be faithful to him? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are faithful, God. You are faithful to... Well, you were faithful, Lord, to do all that the Father has told you to do and directed you to do. You were faithful, Lord, to, to go all the way to the cross, to the suffering of death, even to the point of the humiliation of having the sin of the world being poured on you, of being identified with sinners. You were faithful to that mission. 
And Lord, you're faithful, Lord, in the things you call us to do. You've given a lot of us desires, dreams and visions or desires, calling. Some of us have been called by you to do particular ministries. And you call all of us to be faithful to you, Lord, but you're faithful to complete the task you have set forth for in our lives. And many times, Lord, we give up on ourselves because we think others have given up, but you have not given up. You use everything that we do as part of refining us and bringing us to fulfillment of the things you call us to, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, that you are faithful to perform and perfect the work you've got, you call us to do and to the work that you're doing in our lives of maturing us. And so, Lord, thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand up? Praise the Lord. So every Sunday when I come in, you know, I have all my notes and I have all my prayer time. I put a lot of time and stuff, right? But I'm always like, Lord, you need to be faithful. <laughs> I will be faithful to do the work I'm supposed to do, but at the end of the day, Lord, you'll be faithful. And God has always proven himself. Even we can't predict or see anything happen, he comes through because he's faithful. And if you're trusting in him, sometimes you look at, at, at circumstances and like, how is this going to happen? And I was like, you get to say, but I'm going to trust in you. I don't see where this is going to come through or how you can provide, how you're going to manage this, but I will trust you, God. I can't see it with my eyes, but I decide with my will. I will trust you. Despite my fears, dis- despite my perceptions, my anxieties, I will trust you. And he will always come through if you trust him. He delights he delights in showing, showing himself faithful to those who are trusting him. No matter what you face, you're depending on him for more business or more uh, insights in your life or more clarity answers. He will be faithful. But he calls us to trust him. Now be careful because sometimes he will, he will come through And the next time you face that same situation, you'll say, well, that was last time. This is a new time. And guess what? Same answer. Same. And it may happen time and time again. If you're going through all, will he come through? Will he come through? And you say, but I'm going to trust him. And he always comes through. Amen? Because he's trustworthy. Well, let me leave you with a blessing from the Lord. The ironic blessing is Moses instructed Aaron to say these words to my people and place my name. And when he would do it, how many of you guys watch uh, Star Trek? And Spock, he does this. This actually he learned in synagogue because I guess he grew up Jewish. This is the, uh, the letter, well, in Hebrew, it looks like a W. There's a scene and sheen. And it's, he's placing his name on the people. And so uh, sheen is a abbreviation for El Shaddai, okay? So uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord... I lost my train of thought. Keep, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care.